You are listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. Welcome to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. This is our very first episode. Woo-hoo. We hope that there are many more to come. I am Fred. I'm Andrea. And we're your hosts. And we're going to be talking about the things in our heart, sharing our journey, um, getting into all kinds of stuff. But to kick off this entire show, we wanted to share our story, who we are, where we've been. And um, yeah, Andrea's going to kind of kick things off here. So we thought probably it's best to start from the beginning, the beginning of Fred and Andrea. Not, not when we were born. No, but the beginning of us, us, oh. us together. So we started, the togetherness of us started when we were in college. We, this is a family show. Yes, it is. <laughs> Keep it clean. But uh, we started, um, we met actually when we went to college our first year, freshman year, and we had both, well, I had been singing my whole life and Fred actually hadn't been singing his whole life, but he had kind of a natural ability and... Mostly played kazoo. Mo- yes, mostly just, mostly just and that. Hum- humming. Mm-hmm. I was a really good hummer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had, I had bigger hopes and dreams, maybe tambourine or something. So because of this, we decided to try out for these music groups at our college, Indiana Wesleyan University. Shout out for anyone that might be listening. And so the first time I met Fred, we were in this small choir room that would become our home every day of the week at four o'clock. No pillows. No pillows. And I just remember... He was trying out with a bunch of other guys, and he was asked to sing this part that was higher than everybody else. And the look on his face was just kind of like, what? No, I can't do that. And I remember, what? "What?" And I remember thinking, why? He obviously can sing that easily, but come to find out later, that was kind of his first experience with singing with other people like this because he hadn't been singing his whole life. I'd been singing with my sisters my whole well, yeah. life. Yeah, and so. this was, you know, in context, I grew up playing sports and and not that sports and singing don't don't get along, but they didn't in my life. I, I never experienced choir or anything like that. So I was a choir nerd. This is my very first time. I'm in a room with all these people who are reading music and and I just have no idea what I'm doing. And so But he did, that's the thing. He did. He knew exactly. Well, he he thought he didn't, but he had one of the best voices of everybody in the room. And he was, well, I say so. He wouldn't say so. He'd be humble like that. Yeah. Hence his response. It was, yeah, it was awkward for me. I remember that. Yes. But anyway, so that was our first meeting. And from that point on, we had actually three, right? Three classes together that semester. So I got to know Fred pretty well, but we were both. Well, I was seeing someone else. He went on to see to kind of date somebody else at the time. But we got to know each other. We're really good friends. And I really felt comfortable with him. So our next year, then we were in this singing group together. We weren't in one our first year, but our second year we were in this group together. So at that point, we started dating. And it just, I knew he he, he was different than everybody else I'd ever dated. But I kind of knew there was something about this that, that was God, obviously. And then we we got married soon thereafter. We got married after... Two our, days later. No. We got married after our junior year in college. And 
so we hadn't finished yet, but we finished out our college experience together. In the middle of that, I kept traveling with these music groups and Fred started a band after our junior year. So he started traveling. It wasn't full-time yet, but it was just on weekends while we were still in college. And so he started his musical career and experience while we were still in college. So maybe Fred can pick it up from there and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So going back to what Andrea was talking about music and I guess my awkwardness with music, um, coming out of high school, I didn't know what I was going to do and I, I hadn't really pursued music at all, uh, except humming and kazoo and one day hopes to be a tambourine player, um, which I'm still, I'm still trying for, but, um, I met some. I met a this guy at a, this tryout for a, a regional youth kind of worship team, and super hesitant about it, but really wanted to, to do it. And at the end of the tryout, he approached me and just said that that God laid laid a few things on his heart, and asked if he could share them. And I said absolutely. He began to kind of speak into my life, and that was really one of the first times that some someone has, has spoken into my life that way. And he just went on to say that that he really saw that. Uh, this path for me in music, and and there there were some specific things in there that it's been too much time for me to remember, but it really marked um, kind of my journey. And then fast forward to a junior year, start starting with the band. One of the word one of the things he said was that it would just kind of be laid out and be. I don't know if he used the word easy, but that's kind of what it ended up being. Things just fell into place, and from joining the university chorale to traveling on these ministry teams with these these groups and becoming some of my best friends still to this day and then and then starting this band I really felt like um, things had just lined up and I was so thankful so grateful never in a million years you know three four years prior would have ever seen myself in this position but here I am I'm, I'm in a band we have a manager which is a whole different story but um I'm traveling the country with my best friends, you know, starting in college and then and then we end up doing that full time pretty much right out of college. And that kind of begins the next phase of our journey. Yeah. So we graduated while this was all happening still. And we were kind of trying to decide, do we move someplace? What are we going to do? And soon thereafter, we actually got pregnant with our first our first child now. For child. Those, yes. For our first our, child. I mean, <laughs> yes. I wanted to clarify. But for those of you listening that don't know us, he was one of now five kids that we had. And it wasn't something we talked about when we got married, how many we wanted to have, but each of them we felt like this is what God keepers God had for us. Yeah, we were keeping all of them. But Ty was our, our first. We got pregnant with Ty and Fred's manager at the time said, hey, why don't you move up to Valparaiso, which is where he was living. He was going to law school there. And we can make sure you guys are taken care of, get you jobs and and everything's, you know, that way you're close to the label and close to me as the manager. And, and so we did that. We moved up to Valparaiso, Indiana. And I remember visiting Valparaiso and thinking, there's no way we're ever going to move to Valparaiso. But God had something different in store. So we moved there. And the band, at that point, when we moved there, Fred started touring full-time. And so that kind of left us in this position that it was exciting. It was, there were there was progress being made. There were things happening that really shouldn't have been happening with the small label that they were on. They ended up getting distribution, were able to be on the radio. Things were happening 
that we didn't anticipate or expect. And so we, we continued on this journey. And all the while, I was home with our first and then second and then third child at the time and thinking, what, what's the end goal here? You know, what's the end goal? Because we either, we lived in either, you know, at least for me, it was, okay, I'm kind of single mom life when he's gone for however long that, would, that might be, a week or two. Um, sometimes he would just be gone for a week and then he'd be home again. But then when he was home, it was vacation time. So we didn't really have a normal, constant consistency. And we had some friends that we, you know, mostly friends connected to the band. But other than that, we didn't have a regular, hey, we're doing this thing with other people that is bringing all of us life. And so I I got to a point where I thought, I just don't know how long I can do this. I don't know how long I can feel like an island by myself and we are kind of separate in what it is that we're doing. So we have this heart to, okay, we want to keep pursuing music and we really enjoy creativity and worship and, and Fred songwriting. And I wanted to be involved with, with those things at some point as well. But how do we how do we do this? How do we manage having a family and keeping our marriage strong and then pouring into other people as well while we're doing this touring life. So maybe Fred can talk about his perspective there. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I imagine we had 157 conversations about this during that time. Exactly 157. Yeah. Give or take. And, you know, we would meet with my manager and he was always extremely uh, helpful and giving us perspective on things because there was some parts of it that we just needed to learn how to press through. And then, but overall we were feeling like we were coming out of that season. It's no longer just about pressing through and um, finding enough valuable time while I was home. It was, this is the next season of our life and we need to hit it head on and figure out what that's about. And and finally, when we made the decision, we, there was about a year um, almost a year where I, I was still traveling, but we were, we had let the band know and, and they wanted to continue going. And so we were kind of setting up the next phase of life, spoke to our church that we had been, been attending in Valparaiso. And it was, it was a kind of a God situation where the current worship leader, a friend of mine, um, was needing to step down. And in the same week I spoke with our pastor and I was saying, I need to I'm potentially wanting to step up and seeing if there was any any need for, for worship at the church. And it was just a, a timing thing. And over that next nine months, I think it was, I went full-time on at the church. Andrea and I started our next phase of life as local church worship, worship pastors and, and kind of dove in uh, from that perspective. And when he came off the road, I knew it wasn't just we want to we wanna do traditional okay, now we're doing church services every week. There was a hunger and a need in us for something more than that, just a, a real real connection and real invested, authentic relationship. And I don't know if it was as thought out as I think about it now, but at the time we just had a birthday party for us and we, we did have some friends that our were... Birth, our birthdays are two days apart. So that yes. So we celebrate it in the middle. Therefore, yes. our, birthday for us. Yes, our birthday. We call it the 25th of September is our birthday. Just in case anyone wants to send gifts. Chocolate. Lots of chocolate for me. I'll take cash. 
Ruby Cash too. I'll buy chocolate with the cash. Chocolate cash. <laughs> but um, anyway, so we decided, hey, let's, we loved that. That was fun. We had, it was probably, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 people there at our birthday. And that night I told Fred, hey, let's, I think we should do this every week. And it wasn't, it hadn't really even occurred to me up to that point, but it felt very strong inside of me that we we needed to do this. So we did. And I I don't even think we knew when it began what it would become for us or anyone else who came. And there were lots of different people who came at different points and different seasons and lots of adjusting that we made along the way. But the basic framework of it was simply Sundays. We, we, we did, we led worship on Sunday mornings. And then sent the rest of the day on Sunday was open. Our house was open for people to come and go. And typically on any given Sunday, there might be, there were a couple times only one or two people would show up. And then other times, most of the time actually it was 15 or more, I'd say, of that people who became our closest friends, who became family to us. And we did normal life, normal family time kinds of things, watching football, playing games, eating meals, lots of, lots of taco, taco meals. A lot of taco nights. And it became the greatest experience of church that I think I've ever had in my life. If, if we could talk about what church means, being the body of Christ, that this is the closest representation that I'd ever experienced of that in my life. Yeah, so it, it is that period of time in which um, that we learned so much about ourselves, our needs, and and even experienced what it was like to dream. I think in the in the safety of building family, in the safety and freedom of of being the church like that, we learned how to dream. We learned that life was about more than just our dreams, but really when we when we supported each other's dreams, that everyone. Um, really found so much more fulfillment, and it became, it became contagious. It became, it became something that felt unstoppable at times, is, is how we've we've described it. And 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 that season, you know, came to an end for for a lot of different reasons. Most of our friends ended up moving on, and 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 like like life is, there's seasons. But we again find ourselves in a place really hungry for the things that we that we had, and and not that. We have to repeat those days, or we're looking for, you know, to live the relive the glory days, so to speak. We just know that what that we found something mm-hmm. that we believe every believer um, should be seeking. And really, I think it's a basic human need to feel connected, to feel like you are known, you are loved, you are valued, you're cherished in a place where other people know you so well, they've seen your mistakes, they've seen your weaknesses, and you're still embraced and accepted. And it's from that place that everything else from life flows, that our heart and the ability of our heart to open up actually allows the capacity, our heart expands to a capacity that we start becoming more of who God has made us to be we start experiencing the fullness of life. And that's what happened for us and for other people that went on that journey with us during that season is we were all experiencing the fullness of life. And it wasn't just because of what we were doing 
on that Sunday night, that's not the only thing we were doing in life, but the connectedness that we all shared on those Sunday nights is what prompted our hearts and encouraged us and motivated us to experience life in a new way, in a different way. And so it's not something like, oh yeah, that one time we did that thing, that was great for that time. Mm -hmm. It's, no, this is the framework for the way we should all live. We should all be opening up our hearts and our lives and sharing our homes and meals and our day-to-day experience and existence in close connection with other people like that. Yeah, and talk about identity. You know, it's a lot of us, if, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, you know, we run into seasons where we're so attached to the thing we're doing and we're getting value from of what we do versus who we are. And it's one thing to know that. It's another thing to then say, okay, well, okay, God, I get my identity from you. I'm only valuable because of, um, you know, I'm valuable because of who you made me. And those things are true. But I think what really cements that idea is when Mm -hmm. you're in family, you're in community. Mm -hmm. And, And this is another subject, but, you know, we grow up in the safety of a family and our parents are working to, to kind of kick us out of the nest so that we can land on our own. And then so we get on our own and we, we almost believe the lie that we're supposed to do it on our own. And what we find in, in the context of a family is you, you have what Andrew is saying, you feel valued. And when you feel valued, having the right kind of identity, knowing who you are and whose you are, um, is so much easier uh, in the context of a family. So from that place of family where we are feeling valued and loved and cherished, that's the starting point for us for anything else in life. It creates the safety, it creates the place for which people can receive and accept their true identities and become who God has made us to be. We really love and want to talk about worship and creativity, family, community. All of it for us flows from that first place, though, of knowing and belonging and knowing that you are loved within that context of family. Yeah, so thanks, guys, for joining us on our very first episode. We have another episode coming up, and we're going to dig into community and talk about that. And so what we learned from it and hopefully what we can share with you and you can participate and do that in your life as well. Yeah, and let us know how things are going. Go ahead and comment uh, on the on the comment box below. Let us know um, yeah, what's going on in your life. And please uh, share the podcast uh, with your family and friends. Until next time. Next time.